In this episode, we are going to pose three brain teasers, marketing brain teasers, and we're actually going to try and solve these brain teasers together when it comes to our own businesses and uh, our wacky teacher, our new uh, wacky teacherpreneur business. And uh, if you stick around until the very end of the episode, we're going to tell you how to get our free business planner, which has all sorts of uh, tools for you to develop your marketing plan and just get organized in your business. Uh, and I'm going to talk about a recent marketing event that I ran at the beginning of August that didn't go so well. And I'm going to talk about why it didn't go so well and how I am pivoting. Uh, so let's get started with the wackiness. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw, unfiltered, real. Let's get started. I thought it would be fun to start out this episode with one of the these little books that I buy all the time. I buy a ton of books about money because who doesn't love money? This one's called The Mil Millionaire Money Mindset by Max Smith. It's a very teeny tiny little book, but it has some good it has some good tips about when you're a small business owner or you own your own business in general. There are there are limiting beliefs that might be getting in your way of making more money. So I thought it might be fun to talk about some of the limiting beliefs real quick as we're going into this and we're giving you tips and tricks or a process that you need to go through in your own mind to, to increase your sales and make more money. Maybe there's a roadblock before you can do these. Like maybe you have one of these roadblocks. And when I read the book, I was like, Oh, I have a couple of these roadblocks. I do too. Just because of the way I grew up, right? Let's let's tell all. <laughs> yes. So there's a chapter that says five reasons you'll never get rich. And <laughs> number one is that you don't like rich people. And they talk a lot about how, you know, if you grow up in a in a faith-based religion or a certain type of household, a lot of times rich people are evil. And, and in your, even in your religion, right? Like a lot of times religion sort of condemns having too much wealth and there's just, there is a lot of, there is a lot of, I mean, look at, look at all the posters about the 1%, right? Like in our society, the wealth is unevenly distributed and 1% has all the money and everyone else is trying to get some of it. It's just an unhealthy way of looking at money though. If you think about it, it's unhealthy to vilify people who have something that you want. And after I was reading about that, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I 
do do this, right? Like, I love jokes about all of the billionaires and Elon Musk memes and how he's just ruining the world and everybody hates him. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm always on that. I'm always on that bandwagon. And I I do realize that that could be subconsciously blocking me from making more of my own money because I'm always vilifying rich people. Can I just say something about this? Yeah. So one of my favorite podcasts, have you ever heard of this podcast? It's called the Life Coach School. Yes. Brooke Castillo. I love it. I love that (laughs) podcast. I do too. And she is a multimillionaire, Brooke Castillo. Uh, I mean, and she's done it all, you know, on her own and she's incredible. And she talks a lot about this and she talks about how important it is for her to just be bold when it comes to talking about money and, and she is bold. And when she talks about money, the way that she talks about it, sometimes I cringe. Like, I'm like, but she's like really talking about like how much she wants money and it makes me uncomfortable. And so just like that awareness is really, I think, key, right? Yes. Yes. And I think it's just some of us, this is another one of the limiting beliefs is that a lot of people listen to their parents, right? Or they listen to whoever raised them. And my parents, they really believe money is the root of all evil. All rich people are bad. That was a theme in our house, right? Like it was a theme. So when I kind of do the same thing, when I hear people talking in a positive way about money, instantly my mind goes like, oh yeah, but they're evil, right? (laughs) And I think that's really unhealthy. Once I read this book, I was like, oh no, (laughs) I definitely do this. So that that's another one of the tips is just have you did you let some of your your parents um, beliefs kind of get into your head? And sometimes our parents are just judgmental in general, and they might not think that having a dream of being a small business owner is really the best step for us. I know even I'm in my 40s and thankfully my parents are still alive. But they still, they're so judgy sometimes. For the most part, they try to be supportive. And, but sometimes I'll come up with an idea and they're like, oh, I don't know about that. And sometimes our family members, I shouldn't say just parents, our family members, they could be a bit of a roadblock. Well, and not just family members, our society. I, I think about the way that, you know, girls are conditioned to behave we are not allowed to want lots of things, you know, just think about the way that girls treat other girls, you know, or the way that we judge women who have a lot of bling bling and a lot of, you know, showing body parts. And I don't know, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of, of just the society and the way that we're conditioned in our society, not just by our families and by, you know, maybe beliefs and religion and things like that, but also just the media. Yes. And that, that kind of brings me into the third limiting belief is that 
you feel guilty when you're successful. And I think this is so common in teacherpreneur land. There are teacherpreneurs that have made millions of dollars on Teachers Pay Teachers. They were teachers, just like we all have the same income level as teachers. There's a range and there's, you don't meet teachers that are too far over the top of the range in your career. As public servants, we have a range of salaries. And when people go above that, I think there's a natural kind of a jealousy. I think those thoughts of money is the root of all evil kicks in. And I see this a lot in teacherpreneur land where I actually know some really successful teacherpreneurs and they don't put anything on social media. They don't talk about it. It's like a secret. They don't want anyone to know. And there's still teacherpreneurs that haven't showed their face at all because they don't want people to know. I think they feel guilty because teaching is such a, as a profession where there, there's never enough. There's never enough money. There's never enough resources, never enough tools. It's that scarcity mindset. We never have enough. And so I think it's tempting to let the those thoughts creep in. I don't know what you think about that, but. Yeah, no, I think that I have myself uh, felt bad about doing well and almost sometimes sabotage myself like when things are going really really well I feel terrified and scared and mostly terrified and scared and it's like wait I'm supposed to feel good like I accomplished these things and this went well like what the heck is going on here so I can definitely relate with that um, and so, I mean, we're talking marketing mindset, right? Because before we can market and advertise and put ourselves out into the world and our products and services, we really have to start building an awareness around these uh, these thought patterns and these reactions that we have. And I feel like that is the first step, right? In this, in this, uh, is to try and figure out like where are my blocks? And so what are the other blocks, Jess? There's two more. One is that your excuses mean more to you than your goals. And I think that's a common one. And then the second one is you have an insecurity with your own self-worth, your own value. And this book that I have, it goes into if you ever look up locksmiths, right? Like you look up prices for locksmiths, they all do the same job right? They, they open doors, they get you back into your car, but some locksmiths charge $50 to open your door and some locksmiths charge $250 to open your door. And what is the difference? The only difference is their mindset that their time is more valuable or that they're worth more. It's not that you get a different service. <laughs> so I was thinking about that in the world of education. And I was like, wow, I think we have a real problem valuing our, our knowledge and our products. I think we feel insecure because in the education world, we get so much. We're just supposed to share our, our information for free all the time. And we get so used to that. But really not having the right value is, is often a roadblock, like on our self-worth. And that, that one hits kind of deep. 
Me, me too. And I, I, again, I'm going back to kind of gender roles and women and the way that women are kind of conditioned to be kind and giving and caring, you know, and like my, I was told I was selfish throughout my whole childhood, you know, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I know. And I still constantly or overdramatic, you know, like I'm overdramatic. I hate that word or that phrase drama queen, you know? Um, And so I definitely have insecurity. (laughs) about like being selfish or being like unkind or I think I think a lot of this is just you need to recognize if you have one of these roadblocks yeah and and admit it yeah and for me it was so much like how I grew up you know we grew up I grew up really poor my mom was a bartender and we lived off of her tips and my dad usually didn't have a job and it was a it was a rough it was a rough life my dad was like in and out of work he had a brain tumor when I was like five and it was really hard medically on the family and it took him it changed his whole personality it changed his career path Uh, When you have like open brain surgery, it changes you. And so just a lot of my, a lot of my upbringing was centered in this, like, we are so poor, but at least we're good people mentality. And when I was reading about this, like, and it does talk about how to change some of these things in your head. And for me, one of the things was that changing the thought in your head, instead of thinking that all rich people are bad or money's bad or I'm selfish for wanting money. Just money gives you choices. Money gives you choices. That's it. You you have more money. You could pick a different car when you go car shopping. You could pick a different kind of house to live in. It just gives you choices. And people with a lot of money, they just know that. It doesn't change your virtues or who you are on the inside. It doesn't change your passions in life or what you believe in or your character it doesn't it just gives you more choices for who you are yeah well and I just appreciate you sharing that with everyone like that sounds like you had yeah some really tough things that you went through as a kid and you're still working through it as an adult Um, and it sounds like you've worked through it a lot to like be able to share it publicly on this podcast. So I appreciate you for doing that, Jess. I really Thank do. Thank you for listening, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so funny to be having these like really deep conversations with our weird, wacky costumes. <laughs> it is, but you could go to our YouTube channel and see them all each week. We pick out a new background and we pick out a new filter and right now amanda has her cat behind her and i'm like you should be a mouse so your cat's like looking at a mouse and she found a mouse filter and i randomly chose san francisco because that's where amanda is and then i guess i was thinking of growth like money mindset growth right and so i put a little sprout coming out of my head See, I thought it was like someday you're going to grow a life in San Francisco and we're going to like be neighbors. I do love San Francisco. (laughs) I love the weather. It's like my favorite. Yeah, it's it's 70 every day, every of the year. Okay, wait, let's let's get back to this. Um, 
these brain teasers, these marketing mindset brain teasers. So um, you were talking about like overcoming some of these limiting beliefs. Uh, Can I just, there's one that I feel like I've, I've started to overcome in my own Amanda right now business through coaching um, through having a coach for an entire year. I just want to talk about one of them that I've started to overcome, which is like valuing myself and my product and my, my, my worth. Um, a thought that's helped me to overcome kind of my insecurities about my product, um, and the worth of my product is that my product is only for certain people. It's not for everyone. It's, it's for very specific people in very specific situations. And so there are there's a huge, large uh, majority of people that I'm not for. And that's okay. Like my product is not for everyone. And I'm okay with that. And I accept that because it is perfect for some people. And so I think that gets us to the first brain teaser, right? So the first brain teaser, do you want to share it, Jess? Who are our customers and what are their pain points, problems, needs? So we were going to talk about it as wacky teacherpreneurs. What are, who are our customers? Who's listening to us right now? And what problems are they having? And we go back and forth on this all the time. Like we're constantly debating this because we're new and we don't really know. Like we know it's going to take us time to grow into this new role in this podcast. But but we both have ideas about who who are the wacky teacherpreneurs out there. Yeah. And, and honestly, when we first started this, we were thinking, well, they're people who um, want to make money online, but don't know how to get started. Like there are teachers out there that are really wanting more and, and just brand new um, to this whole world. And maybe they want to start a TPT store, but then Jess, you said that they could possibly already have a store. Yeah, I went and looked at our email list because something exciting at the end, we're going to tell you how to find our business planner. We made a really cool business planner. It's awesome. It's everything you need to grow your business and look at your business in in a more business world way. Because a lot of us, we, a lot of us in teaching as teacherpreneurs, we're always looking at things as teachers And a lot of people have figured out how to make products, but getting in, like shifting into the business mindset is a little bit different. It's capitalism. (laughs) It's very, very different than being a public servant. So we, we have this really cool um, planner that we're going to share at the end of the episode. But I noticed as I was wondering who signed up for the planner because I put it out on my social media and I saw some of my buddies that have very well-established successful TPT stores and businesses picking up the planner. Maybe they just love planners, right? But I was like, maybe it's going, maybe our ideal customer is a little further along in their their business journey than we thought. And again, we're we're trying to discover this right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and are we are we 
because we're building we we already built a course am i allowed to say that um (laughs) (laughs) we built a course together already it's made um and when we made it we we were thinking about uh our ica our ideal customer avatar and there's someone who maybe has tried to make money online but they're just spinning their wheels and working way, way too hard. And they just really need like some guidance, some very specific tactics and strategies to make more money. Um, And so that's kind of originally what we were thinking. But yeah, I think we are noticing that there's like some really, really experienced TPT sellers that are are really excited about our podcast. And so, yeah, I guess just really when you're starting out paying attention to the people who are gravitating to you and having conversations with them about like, Hey, what, what do you need? And actually this episode is all about marketing mindset. And I don't think we talked about this, that our next series is all about marketing because we paid attention to our data, our downloads, and the number one episode was the one about marketing, right? And so that's our next series, our next six-ish episodes are going to be all about marketing. So we're paying attention to the data um, of the people who are following us and, and figuring out like, oh, who are these people and why are they listening to us? Why are they gravitating to us? And I, and I often get this question in my side consulting business. A lot of people ask me, they've already made some products. They have a TPT store, but they're not selling enough. And they're always asking me, what should I make next? And look at your data. That's the, that's the best thing to do is look at those top five or 10 products in your store. Usually they say the top five make you the most money. Obviously that's where people are finding your stuff. That's what people want out of you. They want more of what's in that top five. And so I always tell people to go and look at like, what do you sell the most of? Like you have to follow your own data to figure out what to do next. And a lot of people just want to create brand new things out of the blue. I mean, look at, we created this podcast, right? (laughs) And I totally get that. We get it. People want to do new things because it's really fun, but look at the data and it's always going to be out there. And like I said, in previous episodes, if you don't have any data, you could go ask in Facebook groups. You could go ask people, right? And kind of gather some for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do what, what's interesting to you based on what you're seeing people posting in, in Facebook groups. And there's a lot of really great teacher Facebook groups and people really reaching out for help because they're struggling, you know? And so paying attention to what are people struggling with? And honestly, Jess, like it occurs to me that this profession is very isolating and we might be people who other teacherpreneurs just want to like kind of hang out with, (laughs) you know, and like shoot the, what am I about to say? Bleep. Bleep. Um, Yeah. It it is an ice. I think it's, it's an isolating career and it's an isolating profession being a stay at home entrepreneur, 
a teacherpreneur. I know a lot of my buddies that stay at home and are a teacherpreneur full time. It's lonely unless they find a group of friends. But then those are other teachers that are also lonely. It can lead to a little bit of drama, right? Like sometimes it can be a hard path. Being a teacher is a hard path. Being a teacherpreneur is a hard path. And I think you're right. Maybe some people just want that companionship. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know I'm super grateful for you and just being able to, and that one of our purposes for this podcast is just because we want to hang out <laughs> exactly, and have fun. Even though we have had a little, when we were planning this episode, I think we were having a <laughs> We were having a little spat, maybe a little tiny spat. Well, I think Amanda loves having a very clear outline. And sometimes I already kind of have it in my head. We can just get on and talk about things. We have so many stories to tell. But Amanda likes the outline. And I was not in the mood for the outline today. It keeps us focused. So speaking of staying focused. Does it though? Does it? Yes. So so who are our wacky teacherpreneur customers and what are their pain points? We're still researching. We're putting ourselves out there and then looking at the data and we're still kind of playing around with this and, and figuring it out. And we don't have it figured out yet. We're, but as you put yourself out there and get talking to your customers or your potential customers, the people signing up for your email list you know, the people liking your Instagram post or your reels or whatever, you're going to be able to start to define them more and more specifically. And so then what? What's the next brain teaser? The next brain teaser, how does your product solve a problem? And answering that, you found your people, you probably already have a product. Now, how can you word your product? It's all about wording things. And I know you have a lot of cool tips for how to word things. Don't you? Don't you? Well, I took, I took the copy cure, uh, Marie Forleo's copy cure. I paid thousands and thousands and and thousands and (laughs) thousands of dollars um, for this crazy course. And it was awesome. I loved it. And I got a lot out of it. It was worth it. You know, I, I was, I paid and I still have access to it. I still go and revisit it. I have a workbook. Um, and yeah, I think, um, you know, does it help you like what you learned in that course? Does it help you word, you know, like talking to your customer, like how to phrase problems? Because I notice when you're, you're brainstorming or you're building, I've watched you build, you know, our website and I've watched you build emails and you're always like, no, 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 this would be better. And you go and delete everything and you rewrite something. Is that kind of, are those tips that you learned in that course? Yeah. Well, and I think it's like, you got to be really careful, you know, like there's certain parts of sales pages, certain parts of your email that are way more important than other parts. Does that make sense? Um, so like, for example, the above the whole fold on your sales page, the heading, the tagline, like those are so vital. Yeah. And, and having like, I mean, I'm a writing teacher and I'm sure there's English teachers listening right now. I mean, follow the (laughs) advice you give your students. You're going to crank out a lot of ideas, you know, and some of them are going to be really silly and stupid. And you're going to feel like an idiot (laughs) just with what you wrote, you know, but also taking things you're like people in Facebook say 
Facebook groups, taking what people are saying straight out of their um, mouths and putting it on your sales, sales page. That's one of the biggest things, like one of the biggest takeaways is like when your ICAs are talking to you, which is, is why it's so important to talk to them. Um, what are they saying? Like, what are they actually saying? What are the, the sentences that they are speaking to you? What are the key words they're using? Those are the words you're going to be using when describing your product and when making your sales pages and when promoting on social media. Um, so yeah, like, and thinking about like, how is my product connected to their problem? Um, and so do you want to talk about like maybe one of our products that we, cause both Jess and I made the huge, you know, mistake for years and years and years of just cranking out products without really thinking about customers. But I, I do think that we were our own customer. Like I think when we created these products and I think a lot of teacherpreneurs do this, they are in the classroom and they're looking for something and they can't find it online. You know, and so we just created ourselves. Like one of my very first products I ever created was a government simulation. So I had to teach government in U.S. government in third to third graders. And it was so boring, you know, and I wanted it to be fun. And so I created a government simulation and then I threw it up on Teachers Pay Teachers. So, I mean, we do kind of naturally solve our own problems, you know, when we're creating our products, right? You know uh, I think when I was looking at my own store, I, you know, when I started, I really wanted to just create writing products because I love writing. But as I started developing products, I figured out that, you know, what was I creating for my own class? It was really things to keep them busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it quite like that, but what I liked was when I had like a report template or something, I had a series of questions and the kids could go and research the questions using a device. And I just loved it because it kept them very busy and very active and they're learning and they're writing and they're reading and they're talking. And like, I would give them a, like one of my first product lines the 50 states report bundle that I have. I have a report on every state because I realized that some states they they'd spend a whole year of curriculum just about their state, right? California, Nevada, I think West Virginia. There's a lot of states that they do state history and that the teacher kind of needs something to guide them through that. And but I saw it for me personally as like, wow, giving them these reports to do, which, you know, sometimes I call them projects, project-based learning, giving them a question to answer, and then like a structure for how do you answer this big question? Well, you got to break it down into more questions, right? You just can't answer a giant question on your own. You have to have some sort of structure to figuring that out. And I just loved giving the kids these and I, I hate calling them reports because it sounds so boring when I say reports, but they really were like, they're almost like interactive projects where they're about, trying to figure these things out. How about mission? Missions. I love that. <laughs> and I could probably like redo all of my 50 state bundle to be like that. But I just, I loved it at the end of the day or when they would get done with something early. And what I, what I found as a teacher is what I was really looking for early finisher stuff, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like you're done with your work. Like some kids finish it in two minutes. Some kids take an hour and the ones that finish in two minutes were driving me bonkers. (laughs) What can we do now? What can we do now? What can we do now? And the school doesn't provide you with things for kids to do that speed through everything. They never provide you with that. (laughs) And so that was a lot of my, like a lot of my store, I think I've created projects for kids to do basically on their own on the side or parents ask me for homework I don't have time to make homework well what does your kid want to learn about oh well they really like this random obscure topic okay let's make them a report to do about that then so that's kind of my you know like let's study that on your own if you want to get excited about something on your own at home I think that's the only homework you should ever have right I don't believe in homework but you have these parents that are like we need something. They're driving us mad. And so that there's so many problems there. And I haven't, I think my main problem is like student engagement, like student engagement when you're finished with your regular work. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know how to word that student engagement at home away from school. Yeah. Well, and the way that I solved that problem was different because I just had like a done box and then I just put all sorts of weird stuff. Like play with play-doh take a nap <laughs> take a nap <laughs> I wish I could do that I read, just, read a book I you know? yeah like and I know a lot of teachers do that but for me if they I feel like if they don't have questions to constantly be working on like something to fuel their constant curiosity but, of the okay, world now we're now we're getting into like teaching practices and I've changed a lot yeah like I used to always feel like kids had to be working like a hundred percent of the time but I'm just realizing more and more that 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 way of like being in the world is really unhealthy you know what I mean like but you know what it's also unhealthy going. when you have bad behaviors and you bother everyone <laughs> Well, then, you know, that's a behavior management issue, which is another problem, you know, like, I mean, there's so many problems that teachers encounter in their classrooms, you know, and like, yeah, I think that teacherpreneurs naturally create products to solve their own the problems they're facing in their own classrooms. But I think it's really important to like, write it down, you know, write down, how does this product solve what product? solves what problem and how because that copy is what it's called you know what you're writing can be used in your social media posts and in your emails and in your um, on your sales pages in your Facebook ads all of you know so just I feel I think what we're saying is to solve this brain teaser we really need to kind of connect the dots between the product and the problem we solved with that product um, and type it out, you know, and write really just post about it. Just picking one problem is good. Like I'm mentioning so many problems, yeah. right? but just really like student engagement. That's the one I kind of want to focus on is how do you get kids excited to be at school, excited to do things, student engagement. That's a good problem. I, but if I wanted to, and that wasn't working for me, I've thought of like all these other things that you know, my product could solve or I can spin it. Right. So I've done this on Pinterest before where I haven't put like a student engagement. It's the same blog post, but one of them is solving student engagement. One of them is solving early finishers, (laughs) right? Early finishers, student engagement, 
do parents ask you for side projects ever, right? Because I, I do like to make parents happy and give them stuff to do if they if they want to work with their kids on stuff. I mean, I, I see myself as like a teacher doctor, right? <laughs> like you want to learn stuff? Let me give you some some pills. Yeah. Let me give you some work that you could try to learn new stuff with. So there's just a million ways you can go about it. But I think just looking at your products is always solving some kind of problem. And just sticking to that problem is how you become an expert. That's what I wish I would have done. Because I went down all these different paths. And I'm like, oh, it does this and this and this and this and this. And really, I feel like if I just stuck with student engagement, then people would know me as like, oh, you're really good at student engagement. Like if I just did that the last seven years, you're so good at student engagement. I wish I would have done that. Yeah, that's solving the, that that's problem. The tip I have is stick to one problem, get really good at solving it. And you've done that. You have really done that with your, your reading and writing workshop. I mean, you're who I think of when I'm thinking of, oh, how would I do this in workshop? I think of you. Well, that's amazing. But I feel like I have not done so well sticking to one problem because there's a lot of problems underneath that like how do I implement workshop problem? There's a lot of problems underneath. So I guess those are kind of sub problems um, because right now, I mean, the problem that I think a lot of teachers are trying to grapple with in their classroom is social justice and equity and like making sure that they are implementing practices that are aligned with those those values. And so Right now, I actually am writing a six, uh, six blog posts, and they're all rethinking. So the first one is rethinking writing workshop with an equity lens. Uh, the second one is rethinking reading workshop um, with equity in mind. And then I just posted one yesterday, rethinking um, conferencing with equity in mind. And so I don't know, like, I feel like new problems surface like as times change you know um but i do want to speak to this that in our outline about being salesy versus helping someone solve a problem so i think a lot of teacherpreneurs myself included have felt really like it that that promoting my products or talking about my products i mean it's hard do you know what I mean? Like on, 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 in social media and in my emails, you know, like actually, and even when TPT has a, a sale, you know, all those sales emails that go out. Um, I've actually had customers of mine complain about all of the emails they get from all the TPT sellers. Like, oh, they email way too much. Like I've heard different customers of mine who follow other teacherpreneurs complain to me about it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, well, you must, must not be their person. You're my person, <laughs> but like, I should be sending those sales emails more and I should be. And so this is definitely a block that I have, um, at, cause I'm constantly giving away things for free and I'm constantly, you know, just putting a lot of like value out in the world without promoting my products. Do you know what I mean? And that's like an insecurity issue. That's a, a feeling of, you know, like 
that I'm not helping solve a problem. I'm just being salesy and want to make money and get rich. Do you know what I mean? And that's like kind of a mindset issue that I'm still grappling with, you know, like, like I'm totally cool with posting about a blog post or a new podcast episode when it comes to like actually featuring a product and talking about a product that's scary for me. And so I'm working like on that right now. Yeah. It's like working on that, your own self-confidence on valuing yourself and that you're, because we do value free information so much in education. Like we, we value the free blog posts or the freebies and this and that. And it's like, how do you, how do you kind of switch that in your head to start valuing what you bring to the table and recognizing that your value it does cost money, right? Like you do have a price tag for everything that you know and everything that you can help people with. You deserve to make money from those solutions that you have that you've worked for over 10 years to develop, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think just when I post about a product, I need to realize that this product could be potentially helping teachers solve a really big pain that's like keeping them up at night, you know? Um, And so it's worth it to them to hear about this product. And so, and again, like this product isn't for everyone. It's only for that teacher who's up at night thinking about this problem of like, oh, I have like just basically living like the living day to day kind of issue and just feeling constantly frantic and like you're constantly, you know, not sure what you're doing that day. And that whole like, you know, heart palpitations a few minutes before the bell rings because you're not ready yet. And damn it. And that's kind of, I feel like that's the problem that I'm trying to solve for people, you know, like go. I I think, I think it's incredible that you, you kind of have a problem narrowed down because when I was watching your webinar, you were so clear about the problem that teachers are having, right? And in your different webinars, you're just very, very clear about it, I felt. And then I was just like, what do I solve? (laughs) What do I do? And I was writing down a list as you were doing your webinar. I'm like, I guess I kind of do this, but then I also kind of do that. And so I think that's really good to get more clear on the problem. And like you said, maybe your problem is like the damn it, right? Damn it. I need to teach all this today and I don't have any time. Well, I don't have, I don't have the lessons. I don't have the mentor text. I don't have, you know, the charts. I don't know what kids are going to do when I send them off to write. Like, I don't know. There's a ton of problems, but I I mean, it's funny that you say during my webinar that I was so clear about the problem because the next brain teaser, I don't think I really, I, I don't know. Yeah. So let's just talk about the next brain teaser, which is, so once you've figured out, you know, what, who your customers are, what their pain is and how your product solves that problem, how can you be willing to pivot based on the feedback and the information you're getting from your the people who are following you? Not necessarily always your customer. I mean, yes, you should be 
totally surveying your customers and finding out like what, what they're getting out of being your customer, you know, like, and I love having like, just sending my email list, you know, like, Hey, does anyone want to get on a zoom call for 30 minutes, (laughs) you know, and just like talk through things with, with customers, but also the people who didn't buy, you know, like finding, like, how can you learn more about why they didn't buy, you know, and like just being able to pivot based on the feedback you're getting from people who follow you, whether they're your customers or just people who are into what you have to say for free. Um, And I think one of the issues that I have with my webinars is, and, and just in general is just all the free stuff, you know, there's so much free stuff that I'm giving away. And a lot of what I do is give lots and lots away for free in my webinars. And actually someone during my webinar said, I think it was like day three, they were like, this is so good. I feel so prepared for this school year. Thank you so much. Like, and I gave away, like for people who stayed till the very end, I gave away my launching reading and writing workshop unit. And that actually, I think was a mistake because I gave away so much that, and this is this, this is what I was talking about, a recent marketing event that didn't go so well. Um, I did not sell as many of my product as I wanted to. It was actually quite disappointing, um, the results. Uh, For the amount of work that I put in to these three days of doing this webinar, it really was depressing. Um, And I realized like kind of, you kind of have to reflect, you know, what happened. And I talked to you, Jess, we voxed. Do you want to tell them what your advice was to me? Yeah, I was went to my webinars. I went to all the webinars and I couldn't believe that everyone didn't buy because (laughs) I was like, I'm sold. (laughs) If I was doing a reading and writing workshop, I would definitely buy this, especially with the easy payment plan. Yeah. But the first thing I thought when when she said that she hadn't sold as many as she wanted is I was just thinking, well, why? Like, what was the reason? Like, not not what did you do wrong or that you did something wrong because I was there. It was amazing. But what was the reason that people didn't click buy? Yeah. And I thought that you should send a survey out to the people. Like I was wondering if it was even possible to find the people that had gone to the webinar, but they hadn't bought. Could you send them a survey and just ask them why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did serve, send a survey out. And I did find out why. Um, And a lot of teachers that filled out the survey. So I had multiple, like it was one question. And I I said that in the email, could you just, you know, we just did this three day event and I just have one question for you. Could you just take like two seconds to answer this one question? And the question was, what stopped you from signing up for workshop teacher school? And then I, I gave them like a multiple choice uh, answers. So the first one was, I don't really know what workshop teacher school is. 
So just, they didn't know, they have no idea what it is. And this, I just sent this to the people who signed up for my three-day event. I didn't send it to my whole list. Um, I have to follow another curriculum. It was too expensive. My teaching team wouldn't go for it. I plan to sign up next time. And then I also left an other option in case they wanted to type something else. A lot of people used the other option and like typed their own answer. Um, but the main result was that it was too expensive. And so what that tells me is that I did not communicate the value well enough. And you, so what I spent the whole webinar doing was giving value, right? Like giving them information for free. I did not talk about how my product could change their life enough. I didn't talk about their problem enough, their problems enough. And I didn't talk about how my product could solve their problems enough. I just talked about my product. You know what I mean? Like I just talked a lot about like, here's what's inside. You know what I mean? And like, you get this and you get this and you get this. And so, and this was something that I learned from be having a coach, a business coach for a whole year was, and I just, that like talking so much about like all these problems and just like being super over dramatic, like you don't have enough time, you're frantic every day and you feel overwhelmed and you're stressed out and you don't have enough time with your family. And like, this can solve all of that for you. To me, that feels salesy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I think you did such a good job since I did go to all these webinars. I, I think you did such a good job with the value money wise. Like you were telling people like you're going to save this amount of money by buying this. But I was thinking, and I just had this thought, it's maybe teachers, your teachers don't really value like the money savings as much as they would the time, even though the time sounds more salesy to you. Like how many hours a week will they save by getting workshop teacher school? Well, and I, I guess it's hard for me to determine that, you know, like actually my lead magnet right now is save 10 hours of planning time. How do I know it's actually going to save them 10 hours of planning time? Do you know what I mean? Well, it took me 10 hours to create all the stuff in this toolkit that I give away for free. I mean, but do I know for sure that they're going to save 10 hours of planning time? I don't know. And so that's the part that I just get a little bit like, I, I think know. you should, I think you should list like the, uh, like every single thing you offer. Right. And then not how long it took you to make it, but like how long you would spend teaching that, like how long, how many, how many teaching blocks would this fill up? How many days of teaching could you fill and hmm. start looking at it at like days, like how many days or weeks or months of curriculum teaching ideas, lessons are they getting? And then kind of like lead with that. Like you are going to get, does it really span an entire year of content? 
Does it span six months? Could it last a whole semester? And then you could tie it into, okay, how long does, does the average teacher spend planning units that would last an entire semester? Would last 40 weeks of right or like 39 weeks is the average school year do you have 39 weeks of lessons because I do feel like if people know you could save them a whole year of planning time they would go for it yeah and I don't think I said that in my webinar you know I did say like this thing is worth this amount and this thing is worth this amount right I did have that part and I did have testimonials which kind of got at the pain point. But I do think that my webinars need, I need to shorten the content and increase the talk about, talk about pain and, and how my product solves that pain more. So the percentage, so it should be like 20% free value and then 80% um, but the thing is, is I've been to so many webinars like that and they're so annoying. <laughs> just, just to you, but they might be working for other people. You I know what else are. I was thinking is like, you know, if you're, if you really do have enough stuff for a whole year, if you think about the school year, I'm just thinking about your price points. I mean, it's such a tiny amount of money to look at each day. Like people go and spend $7 on a latte really for your uh, for your product, it would be spending like $2 each school day, right? Like, is it worth it to get their entire planning block back for $2? Like if I could just sit around and do nothing for two bucks for a whole hour, because I have your product, I would definitely want that. Holy it's crap. worth $2. This is, this is mind blowing. How did you, <laughs> how did you do that math? Because so, I just did 362 divided by 180 and it gave me two. Did you yeah. Do that yeah. I just did it in my head. head. I was like, how much does Amanda's, like if this were to last me the whole year, if the average school year is 180 days, right. And yeah. it's about double the price, like 180 times two is 360. Right. So I was thinking it'd be $2 a day for me, like every day I'm at school to get my planning period back. Yeah. Because I, I throw $2 a day into the vending machine for a Gatorade. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is what I'm going to do during my next webinar. You are brilliant. Okay. (laughs) Will you please just grow your life in San Francisco? Should I should. (laughs) But I do love Las Vegas. What? Are you kidding me? Okay. So let's, should we wrap this up? Is there anything else that we need to talk about? I think just remind everyone that they can get our free business planner. And now we kind of drop some breadcrumbs that we do have a course coming out. And with that, we have some coaching that we can do. You just saw me work Amanda through some coaching that you could get as well. Yeah, that's what we want to do. We just want to help people. And Amanda helps me all the time because I am kind of an email dummy, a website dummy. And I'm always like, Amanda, what does this mean? And she breaks it down in like (gasps) kindergarten terms for me. So these are things that, you know, we are going to be offering you. Just keep it in mind. Go download our business planner if you want to stay up to date on all the things. But how do they... How do they download the business planner? Wacky teacherpreneurs. 
Facebook.com. <laughs> Click yes. the pink button. Click and the pink button. It's right there. Wah! Pink button. And then you'll get on our email list and you'll get updates when we have new episodes out and when we have new YouTube videos out and when our course comes out and when we start coaching. Because we haven't quite finished the course yet. There's some things that need to, to happen first um, before we start that. Um, final touches. Final touches. Yes. And I did want to just tell everyone that so the next six ish episodes are going to be all about marketing and we're we I'm just tentatively this isn't for sure but we're going to talk about email marketing so we're going to have a whole episode about email marketing um and I'm going to school Jess on that and then <laughs> And TikTok, which I think we might want to have a guest on for that one, because I've been playing with TikTok and it's so fun. I love it. Should we do TikToks and Reels in one episode? I think. Yeah, because they can double and the same things work. So so marketing on TikTok, marketing on Instagram, marketing on Pinterest, podcast marketing, doing marketing research, Facebook marketing. So that's what's coming next. I'm so excited to record all of those episodes. Me too. Yay. Okay. Bye everyone. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever. <laughs>